0: I do that's r o dot c o slash i d o. Sign up today for just ninety nine dollars for your first month and one hundred and forty five dollars a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's r o dot slash i do. I do podcast episode forty five. <laughs> Welcome
1: to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah.
0: Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or a relationship question you'd like answered? Email us at info at idopodcast.com, and we'll be sure to add it to one of our upcoming episodes. We're excited to introduce our guest today, Jennifer Chappelle Marsh. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Chase.
2: How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Great. Well, thanks for coming on our show today. You're a fellow San Diegoan, and we're enjoying the weather today. It's so nice. <laughs> Beautiful.
1: Yeah.
2: Jennifer Chappelle Marsh is a happily married, licensed marriage and family therapist. A native of Ohio who has lived in San Diego for over 10 years, Jennifer graduated from Ohio University and then completed her master's degree in counseling psychology in 2008. Since then, Jennifer continues to focus her skills specifically helping individuals and couples improve their relationships. Jennifer currently specializes in providing relationship therapy in her private practice. Working primarily with couples, she frequently writes advice pieces for her website and has also been featured on various relationship sites including Psych Central and Your Tango.
0: We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
1: Yeah, so I started doing um, counseling and therapy in 2008, and I worked with individuals and with children, and what I started to see was just how critical primary, having healthy primary relationships are with people, you know, people just do better when the most important people in their life are um, there for them. And so about four years ago, I really just started focusing on figuring out how to help people create those healthy, connected bonds with the people that matter most to them And through that, I discovered Emotionally Focused Therapy, um, which is amazing. And so now every day, I just get to help people get closer to each other, feel more secure in their relationships, and it helps everything. It helps people feel better physically, people end up doing better in their jobs, it just creates a happier life for people. So I feel very, very blessed to
2: be able to help people do that awesome well our topic today i think is going to help our listeners both emotionally and physically so let's dive right into how couples therapy can improve your sex life and you already mentioned a little bit about emotionally focused therapy and working with couples can you talk a little bit more about this
1: So emotionally focused therapy, really the goal is to help couples feel safely and securely connected to each other. Now, when we talk about sex, too often sex is is talked about in the physical form, like well, we've hit a rough spot, so what can I do physically to attract my partner? Um... Maybe I'll just go buy a new piece of lingerie or do something like that to, to get us back on track. But really, um, what we're finding is that by focusing on the emotional bond and creating that security, good sex follows from that. And it makes sense because as human beings, we are hardwired to have secure social connections it's a survival thing and we don't live in villages anymore so yeah we're more and more dependent on our partner more than ever and when we don't have that safe connection it creates fear and anxiety in us so if we have fear and anxiety how well are we going to be doing in the bedroom it's not very well you know a lot of problems are going to come up there but when we feel safe and secure, we get emotionally regulated and it freezes up to be more spontaneous, to have more fun with each other. And that makes for good sex.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important to, to recognize is that it's it's not so much of physical action like you mentioned but it, it's emotion and, and you you say that sex is actually emotion in motion which is, is so true
1: it is and it's cool because like in the study that I referenced in my article couples came in to do emotionally focused therapy and you know they weren't coming in even for sex issues um, it was just Something that they um, were monitoring as couples moved through the process, and yeah as couples moved through and became more secure in their relationships, they reported higher and higher levels of satisfaction in their sex lives
0: well that's awesome and and so the study that you do mention in the article, I believe is from one from the University of Ottawa. Can you tell us a little bit mo- more about the study on? The You mentioned that the new research on the effectiveness of the emotionally focused therapy really shows that people's bonds do improve, uh, and like what you said, from the bond improving and improves their sexual satisfaction. So do you mind just going over a little bit more on that study for our listeners that may be interested in that?
1: Sure. So um, at the University of Ottawa, they have um, an EFT, emotionally focused therapy, Um, research center and Couples agreed to have several things monitored Um, One was their brain level activity. So they actually put in fMRI machines before and after therapy and then they were um, asked to fill out self-reported measures of their satisfaction in their relationship. So they answered these questionnaires about their satisfaction levels before they started EFT. Um, they also had pictures done of their fMRI, their, their brain scans. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words there a little bit. but um, And then they were consistently monitored in answering these questions throughout the process of therapy. And... Really, the researchers were looking for indicators of what is called an acronym, A-R-E. How accessible do you find your partner? How responsive is your partner? How emotionally engaged is your partner with you? Because those three things really make up when we talk emotional, emotional connection. As a byproduct, they also included questions about how satisfied are you with your sex life. And as they saw, people report, yeah, my partner's there when I need them. Yeah, my my partner comforts me in times of need. My partner and I confide in one another and share deep things with each other. As couples were starting to report more of that, they were also reporting having better sex.
2: That's really interesting, and, and I think it'll hit home with a lot of our listeners that if they're feeling disconnected emotionally, then in the bedroom they're they're not going to be comfortable and as connected.
1: Absolutely, right. If you're not feeling connected and secure in a relationship on a day to day level, you certainly aren't going to in the bedroom when you are most vulnerable. Sex is extremely vulnerable. It's um, physically and emotionally. So, if you're not feeling safe on a day to day level, you're certainly not going to feel safe with um, that sort of intimacy. It's actually going to be a source of great anxiety.
0: And so, not only is this this research valuable to readers and listeners, but it's also. You know, especially valuable to you as well because you mentioned in your article that there's a lot of people and that you see on a daily basis that can really match up with the same research that they found in this study.
1: It's so true. Um, People will come in, and you know, a lot of couples who are in distress, um, one of the areas that are affected is their sex life, and they'll want to know. You know, how do we, I just want to have sex more, or I want my partner to initiate with me more, and um, I don't want to talk about the physical stuff, which is okay, um, but I always take it to a deeper level. For example, and and this is what we find, is if a partner, say a, a, a male, for example, Gets the message that I'm a constant disappointment to my wife. I constantly disappoint her. I, you know, I'm constantly not measuring up. I fail her. Well, if, if this person is feeling this way in a day-to-day level, yeah, they're going to be extremely super anxious mm-hmm. with leaving their partner in bed, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. they can't pick out the right kind of milk, then, when right. in the world are they going to feel confident <laughs> right. in pleasing their partner and in the intimacy? Um, and then, you know, for a woman, I commonly hear, um, yeah, I just, you know, I don't feel like the priority and I don't feel like I matter. And, you know, my partner's not responsive to me. So, if you're feeling like you don't matter on a day to day level, then it's going to be really, really hard to all of a sudden be super open with sex. So in therapy, when we address those questions, when we address the feelings of insecurity and being like a failure, feeling like you don't matter, when we start to change that, it really frees people up to engage differently, more positively with each other.
2: Absolutely, and and I love... This information is so great for, for us and our listeners because I think naturally our first instinct when we talk about sex in a relationship is is to think about it in terms of the physical side, and it's really not the case. I mean maybe in in some cases it, it can be, but wh- what would you say – I would say well over half of the instances it it's comes down to emotional. Oh, by far yeah ninety I mean, yeah.
1: They're, they're, yeah I would put it up eighty to ninety yeah there are some cases where there are like medical issues involved and and things like that that can get in the way, but for the most part, it's all about the emotional security
2: and so working with the the couples in your experience, is there a particular area of emotion that is causing a block in the bedroom um that you've found?
1: So I'm going to talk in general terms, Um, but in general, for men, it's it's more common for men to have the anxiety and fear of failing. That is the block for them. Hmm. And for women, it's um, typically more of a block of a lack of feeling emotional engagement,
2: so like maybe that their partner is listening to them, that they're being heard or not. Right. Or not heard.
1: Mm-hmm. Not engaged, like yep. um, physically there, but not emotionally there.
0: Do you have any tips for our listeners out there to maybe if their spouse is having problems with, uh, with those issues, uh, any tips for them mm-hmm. to help resolve?
1: Yeah, I I think a lot of these things can be prevented. Well, I know they can be prevented. Um, And what I help my couples do is I help them communicate their needs in a way that makes their partner feel good. Because if, again, if we're just talking in general terms, uh, a guy feels like he feels his wife, well... Chances are that's probably coming from her complaining, uh, criticizing, you know, giving him some sort of signal that he's let her down over and over and over and over again. So it's not to say that you can't ever complain, but I help that person communicate their needs in a way that doesn't, push their partner away and give them this message like that you don't make me happy. Mm -hmm. So if it's about the milk, it's never really about the milk. um, Right. example, it would be, you know, oh, gosh, I'm disappointed. I wanted skim and you brought back 2% or something. How that might normally play out is, oh, my gosh, don't you ever listen to me? I said it was skim gosh, you know, huff, puff, you know, Mm -hmm. storm out of the room or something. Um, What I would do in that case is support her in really figuring out what the softer emotion is underneath that. Like, it's probably going to be something about, I'm not really feeling like we're in tune with each other. And I'm not quite sure how to reach you. And I really need to know that when um, something's important to me that I can reach you and I get sad when that doesn't happen. Mm. So, it's two ways of saying the same thing but it gives off two different messages. Mm. The first way, you know, says you suck and you, you're a failure and the second way is I need you. Mm. It's very different.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Right? So in order to address these issues in the bedroom, you really need to look at how you are communicating your needs outside of the bedroom Hmm. in a way that communicates your partner's importance to you
0: and brings them close. So there is some, maybe some hope out there for women who, you know, or even men, men and women who feel that their sex life is taking a downturn and maybe they're self-conscious. They think maybe it's their physical, but it may just be em- yeah. emotional. And sometimes by talking about it, they may be able to resolve the issue sooner, faster than they anticipated. Right. Right.
1: I mean, the question needs to be instead of what can I do physically to attract my partner or how things go well, it needs to be how can I create emotional connection? Because if you go down the physical route, you know, and you go and buy the expensive lingerie and then it doesn't work out, you're just left even feeling more hopeless and disappointed. But it's not hopeless at all. Um, Having... You know, a lull in your sex life or coming up against the roadblock can really be resolved by addressing the emotional connection.
2: Yeah, it's so important to, to recognize that. And that's why I'm so glad to have you on. And our listeners, I think, can get a lot of value in there, because if you're trying to address the, the problem physically going out and buying more lingerie or, or a, a man maybe thinks he needs Viagra or, or whatever, it's mm-hmm. not the issue at all. So it's, it's not going to get solved and it, it may even become worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think we also had a, another expert come on talking about um, sex issues as well. And I think one of the stats that we talked about was that there were, there's over 20 million couples that have sex issues in their relationship. So Mm -hmm. that's a lot. And so people aren't alone here. There are a Um, lot of people that have this issue.
1: It's very common. Mm -hmm. And the emotional disconnection is also really common. In our society, I mean, if we're talking about we need to have that safe emotional intimacy, in society we're not... Taught to think that way, we're not really taught that it's okay to, you know, rely and depend on other people so much. We're taught you need to be independent, you need to be able to take care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, people find it very difficult then to, um, they know they want this closeness and they want it, but a lot of people are afraid that they'll be seen as weak. Um, or as needy, you know, these are all really uh, strong adjectives that nobody wants to use to describe them. So, you know, not only do a lot of people struggle with having roadblocks and sex life, but a lot of people struggle with being able to really reach to their partner to get their needs met. And, you know, what we're talking about here is how those things are intertwined.
0: Absolutely. Well, that has just been so much valuable information for us and our listeners, so we thank you so much. It's a pleasure. What do you find is the most common reason couples will struggle in their relationship? And and this can be related to the sex issues you work with or if there's any other issues mm-hmm. that you find are common.
1: Yeah, so it, the most common reason couples struggle comes back to When something is going on for you emotionally, how you communicate that and you reach for your partner. Like I said, we're not, we're not used to thinking that that's even okay. So what I find is that people will do either one of two things when they're in need emotionally. They will either close off and isolate themselves. They'll get quiet, they'll kind of disappear, they'll shut down, they'll zone in on TV. Um, they'll either shut down, which isolates them from their partners, and it gives the message, I don't care about you. Hmm. Right? So, again, that's going to put a block in your sex life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: the other way that people will respond when something is going on emotionally is they will um, engage with complaining and criticism. Well, you never do this. Why don't you do this? And you don't listen to me. And, and that just comes off as um, attacking and, uh, again, criticism. And that just breeds defensiveness. Mm-hmm which is also going to impact your sex life. So that's the most common reason people miss each other and they struggle is the way that when something's going on emotionally, the way that they communicate it and reach out or not reach out, um, creates further disconnection in the relationship.
2: So it's important to recognize that this is going on. So it, it can be addressed and you can move forward in your relationship in in a positive direction.
1: Right. And it's, it's going to be helpful for you to know what, which way you typically um, sway, you know, it's, it would be important to know, Hey, am I someone who typically shuts down when I'm in distress, you know, or am I someone who uh, vents about it and engages kind of critically? because knowing how you typically react is the first step in changing it.
2: Absolutely, and understanding how your partner does that as well.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
2: Now we are going into the his and her round, where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I will go first. And we kind of touched uh, touched on this earlier uh, in the interview, but do you have any specific exercises or tips for couples to help improve their connection or connection of emotions?
1: Yeah. So um, if you are someone who typically gets quiet and shuts down, um, you want to start practicing opening up. You want to start practicing just letting your partner know at least, hey this isn't about this isn't about you. Um, I'm still here if you need me. I, I just need a few minutes. If you're someone who shuts off, you want to be able to give your partner some sort of cue about what's going on. because if you don't, Your partner's just going to think you don't care. Mm. And if you're someone who tends to run hot, like get angry and get frustrated, you want to be able to slow yourself down and find the softer emotion. So instead of, you know, coming at your partner with anger or frustration, you want to be able to express you know, the sadness or or the fear in a non-accusing way. And then let them know what you need. You know, if it's gosh, I just am not able to feel like I matter to you right now, I could just use a hug. You know, give your partner something to do
0: to help you. We love hugs over here at ID Podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lots of hugs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My question is, how do you recognize if the emotional issue is something much deeper and underlying, maybe that the partner is bringing in from childhood? and Because those mm-hmm. are addressed a little bit differently.
1: Yeah. Um, and oftentimes, they're tied together. Yeah. Um, We all have our stuff, and those are what I'd call raw spots. We all have those sort of raw spots, and I use the analogy like sunburn, where, you know, you have some sunburn, and your partner can kind of rub up against that unintentionally and unknowingly, right? They're just passing you in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, you feel the the sting, um, so being able to know what your raw spots are that comes from your childhood that get triggered up is important. Uh-huh. Um, having your partner know what they are is important too. So you can kind of both look out for them. But, um, the way that you're going to be able to know if in your relationship it's going deeper is if you notice things go from zero to 60 in a split second, right? If one moment you are emotionally calm, you're at zero and then all of a sudden you are just through the roof, chances are it's something more than that's happening in the current relationship. It's probably something that's coming up from your past. The cool thing though is, that, like I said, we all have those sort of raw spots, but if we're able to bring them to the relationship, it can. the relationship is such a place of healing, it can be, if it's addressed properly, which is really cool. And that's one thing that just makes me so excited about emotionally focused therapy is not only is it good for your relationship, your primary relationship with your partner, but it also can heal a lot of stuff that we just inevitably bring with us
2: yeah that that's a great point is a lot of being in a relationship is about self growth and inner reflection, and yeah, I mean I, I think that that's a great point why you like the the therapy that you're doing. Mhm, that's cool. Well, now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the Lasting Love Round.
0: We'll ask you a series of questions, and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship.
2: We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Jennifer, are you ready to help us build lasting love?
0: I'm ready. All right. (laughs) right. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship?
1: So what I always tell my couples is we want to get to this emotional close place, right? I always tell my couples to set at least 20 minutes aside a day. I know schedules are busy and everything, but set at least 20 minutes aside to talk to each other, but not talk about content. The 20 minutes is to tune into each other, emotionally. So too often, you know, and this happens in my relationship too, um, I'll come home and I'll just tell my husband, here's what happened. Here's all the content that happened today. Um, But that 20 minutes, that's just going to be an information dump. That's not going to do a whole lot for your connection. So I tell people to set 20 minutes aside and talk about the feelings or the emotions that went along with the content. So instead of giving a laundry list of here's all the things that happened today, it would be, gosh, I felt, you know, I was uh, disappointed today when this happened or I'm a little anxious about this. It's setting that time aside to really start to become more emotionally communicative and in tune with each other.
2: I love it. That's great, great advice. Is there a book or resource you could recommend for couples?
1: Yeah, I recommend two books to my couples. They're both by Dr. Sue Johnson, the founder of Emotionally Focused Therapy. Um, the first is called Hold Me Tight, and the second one is her newer book, it's called Love Sense.
0: Awesome. Well, those two books that you recommended will be on our website at idopodcast.com and our listeners know to go to your show notes page to find those great recommendations. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? Yeah, I would... um, The
1: advice I would give would be to... Make it very, make your needs very explicit with each other. Our partners can't read our minds and we're all different. So, But we all need to feel important to each other, like we really matter, especially when you're getting married. So the advice I would give would be to, to think about what you see, hear, experience from your partner that tells you, that you are number one, that you matter more than anything else and make sure that they know how you feel that way. Like, here are things that you can do that really tell me that I matter and that I'm important to you. Making sure your partner knows how to fill those needs very explicitly. Don't let them guess because they're probably not going to get it right yeah that's the advice
2: I'd give. Mm-hmm. yeah that's great specific advice that I know we'll be able to use, and hopefully our listeners find valuable.
1: That's great. It's great that you guys are even doing this. <laughs> I think the
2: other
1: piece of advice I'd give to newlyweds would be to start your own podcast.
2: yeah, yeah there you go.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be?
1: Communicate, 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 but not just any type of communication. Don't close off, don't isolate yourself, and don't come at each other with attack mode. So communicate those softer, vulnerable areas that you have.
0: Well, we love that time and time again, we hear communication is key and it really is. And we, we love that. That is your, that's your one piece of advice because it's so important. So for us and for our listeners, for anybody out there in a relationship. So we've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Sure. Um, you can find me on my website. It's chapeltherapy.com. Chapel is spelled with two P's and two L's.
2: Well, our listeners can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives.
0: And again, thank you so much for all the generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, you guys.
0: It's been, it's been really fun. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast.
2: Head on over to IDupodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice.
0: Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love?